You are now, that's a good one, about to witness there are some uh, a crushing uh, might of the U.S. Robinson. Show Stop it! It made the baby cry again. That's all right, kid. <laughs> Your father's a loud mouth. Welcome, my friends, to a show that apparently never ends. This is version a one. Eight, nine. Ooh, I got that right. Eugene S. Robinson showstopper. And we're geeked a little bit. A little bit. I try to get out. They pull me back in. <laughs> UFC 268, all or nothing but. Maybe. Maybe. We might ramble a bit. But first, Bob Riley will sing us in as he has every week since 2007. Our bumper music, intro music is Intro All of Nothing by Stigmata from upstate New York. The record is called Calling of the Just. And uh, uh, still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where they get rid of your pro tem mayor. See you at the nightclub and hit your car with a hammer. Listen to Bob sing it. Well, I could not see so clear, but I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being paid back in full, always nothing. All right, all right, my friends. Uh, welcome to a show that apparently never ends. Why is Marty G texting me? Uh, uh, Marty G is saying that uh, uh, January 6th wasn't that big of a deal in the Capitol. It wasn't that big of a deal. Now we start the show. He goes, poop on a desk? Poop on criminal trespass is nothing. Murder is a serious crime. Arson is a serious crime. I'm not even sure if it qualifies as assault. Could be. You know what I'm going to do next time I'm at Marty G's house, which will be the first time I'm at Marty G's house, I'm going to poop on his desk. <laughs> and see if that qual. You know, as an adult, most of us have never pooped on anybody else's property at all, much less somebody's desk. But well, let's see if that qualifies as assault. Uh, in any case, welcome. To uh, uh, version uh, 189. Let's see if I could do that with the, the finger rebus. Uh, 189. Oh, it gets harder and harder to do. I should be able to do it pretty quickly. Uh, and, and yet I can't. I can't. Anyway, uh, commercials, let's get them out of the way. Pinko95014 uh, at yahoo.com is where you PayPal it. Eugene-Robinson-28, I think is either Venmo or uh, uh, Cash App. I can't figure it out. Um, and uh, Patreon.com slash The Stomper, at least I know that much now, is where you go. If you just want to give a dollar a month, you don't want to have to think about it. That is the place and the way to do it. So uh, uh, thank yous all. We had uh, the accountant came through on the Patreon. So we had a standard month uh, for, for uh, you know, and then somebody, one of the casual listeners emailed me and said, you know, here's a sale on laptops that you can get. And uh, and then I realized how deep down the apple hole I was. She was like, you can get a Lenovo, you know, uh, 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 
yeah, you, you can get a, a Lenovo with uh, with $300. I was like, wow, I could actually get, maybe I should get a cheaper computer just to do the show on. And then I remember that Steph got me like a, like a, a Lenovo uh, iPad and it, to watch the fights on. And, you know, I could probably do the show on it. But then it gets complicated and I still have to go through YouTube studio. So enough about the tech talk. You know how to give the money. If you choose to do so, that's a way to do it. I appreciate it any and all ways. And some of you, if you're a regular, like Tommy Pounds, Tommy Pounds and I had a conversation uh, this week at which it was said at one point during the conversation, I'm fucked up. <laughs> There's a three-hour time difference between here and Louisiana, so I don't blame the man for calling me fucked up. I'm going to return the favor to, uh, to him some night uh, at three in the morning. Uh, <laughs> like, what the fuck? Eugene, yeah, man, it's only midnight here. I'm awake and flying, which is where I was last night. Awake, but not flying. Let me, as per my habit, explain to you how we got here today. <laughs> there he is, Tommy Powers. <laughs> so I get a call from uh, uh, Damien. When I say call, I use it interchangeably. It would be a text, Damien. I don't remember. From Damien uh, uh, at, at Conjo Gear. Some of you, he was a... Uh, uh, a Fairtex fighter, Muay Thai guy, seen him compete before, ran Conjo for a long time, uh, known associate of Darren Bone Crusher, uh, his name, I, last name I can never pronounce, and um, but who was in the UFC for a period of time. So he says, hey, listen, I don't know if you remember, but I'm a Mason. I want to take you, I want to take you, I, I want to take you to see this guy, Andrew uh, Schultz. And I go, I never heard of Andrew Schultz. He goes, he's a comedian. You should see it. What Damien doesn't know, Damien, you should know, is also uh, on my Substack as the immersive comedian who dresses up in full SS regalia. Nazi SS regalia who pitched his TV show to Dave Chappelle in full, you know, full Nazi regalia. And, uh, and I'm actually, total disclosure, I play an escaped Nazi on this pilot that he filmed who has figured the best way to avoid detection is to darken his skin and become a hip hop artist in San Francisco. This is called Enter the Fourth Reich. If you read the if you read the the Substack on it, you know that uh, Chappelle turned it down, but you know Damien is completely committed to this lifestyle. So Damien asked me to go to this concert, and I'm convinced he's going to show up in SS regalia because he oh you know this means you need a Listen, you walk around San Francisco dressed up in SS gear, you, you're gonna, there's going to be some fighting that happens. And last time he did that, he said, hey, listen, I need to know that you're not going to bitch out if we get into a fight. I said, nah, if we get into a fight, you're guaranteed I'm participating. And he's like, good, good. I go, I'm going to be kicking you in the ass as hard as I can. I'm not <laughs> on the side of the Nazis. I've seen how that's going to go. 1945 is a, but a memory for me, but... Um, so no, I said, yeah, look, we'll, we'll, things will be fine. So, uh, show up and I'm about to leave because it's a big fight and, uh, you know, parking at the Masonic is insane, insane. I'm driving around, I'm driving around, I'm driving this long line to get in the parking garage. The guy says, are you a paid customer? I go, no, I'm going in here. He goes, well, do you have a special day? I said, no, he goes, turn around. So I got to back to the streets. And I text him, I text him, I'm going home. I'm going home. I don't want to why. And I'm, so my plan was, I'm watching the fight, four fights on the way up and four fights on the way home. So my experience of the fights is primarily something exciting happens. They always show it in a, in a, in a refund. I was on the edge of death the entire fight, which I'm sure ratcheted up the excitement factor for me, at least. Uh, sorry for those people on the road, but that's it. it, it ratcheted up for me. So I, I do watch four on the way up. I, wa I watch four on the way back. I actually put, I, funny story, I pull into a 7-Eleven to get a sandwich because I was kind of hungry in Burlingame, if you must know. And I'm about, I'm about to pull out and uh, and a couple, Rose and Rose and Jaile are just finishing and a couple pulls into the parking lot. The girl jumps out of the car. She's barefoot, smoking a cigarette, angry. The Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, it was at the 7-Eleven, but it wasn't by the juniper bushes. It was out on the asphalt. And so, dude, big Simone dude, he's like there, and he's screaming at her through the window. And I'm like, hmm, I'm looking on my phone. I'm like, 
huh? Domestic dispute, fight. Domestic dispute, fight. domestic dispute. And she's smoking a cigarette in the bare. I would say you could jump in the car. I take a few blocks, whatever. But I don't like the bare feet, and I don't like the cigarette smoke. And fundamentally, I'm not getting shot up over somebody's. It doesn't violate my sense of fair play. He hasn't laid hands on her. I don't have to do anything. I'm watching the fights. So anyway, so I'm driving around looking. The day. He says, "Okay, I'm gonna talk to the guy. Let him know I'm a Mason." So I pull up. We're here, and he, t- you know, he's got the special handshake or whatever they do. I show up. He's not wearing. He's not wearing Nazi regalia. I'm shocked because I showed up in Nazi regalia. Imagine that. <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm joking. So I pull in and we get out and he's full tuxedo and um, and uh, we go in VIP seats. Where's my little wristband? I got it here somewhere. VIP seats to see this guy, Andrew Schultz. Never heard of Andrew Schultz. Never heard of Andrew Schultz. Place is packed, sold out. Packed is sold out. So we've got a couple of comedians that open up. Uh, Black Cat, uh, uh, a guy who looked like Fabio and uh, and some guy with a Viking cut. All these guys get the And then Schultz came out. And he's from New York. You know, he said, I'm from Brooklyn. And somebody said, invariably, when I say I'm from Brooklyn, some black guy in the audience goes, Brooklyn! And I go, not that part of Brooklyn. I'm from the part of Brooklyn with white girls with pink hair. And I was about to be one of those guys who said, Brooklyn. <laughs> so, okay, Schultz. So I'm watching this guy's show, and I'm sitting there with my mask on. Damien said later, he said, you know, it was weird with the mask because I was trying to see if you were laughing. And I said, I was laughing about 42% of the time. And he was like, yeah, because I wasn't laughing. And unbeknownst to Damien at the time he's mentioning to this, um, a guy who runs a stand-up comedy club in Walnut Creek has asked me to do an eight, seven, eight-minute routine, right? Seven, eight-minute routine. So... Uh, I'm like, ah, should I should put together an act and I'm watching this cat, uh, Schultz and I'm like going, this is the essence of fucking mediocrity, right? This is the, I'm like, I'm about to open my phone and finish watching the fights. Cause I, you know, this is whatever, bro, you know, and he touches on all the touchstones, you know, he's like women and birth control, uh, the, the whole woke thing, faggot this, it's like, you know, it's like you want somebody just to break the form, you know. Let me interview the people in the audience. Let me interview the people in the audience. Oh, do you have anal sex? Everybody laughs about anal sex. It's like, God, look, I wish to God I had was in the front row. And a guy said, hey, Eugene, you have anal sex? I was like, I'm about to have it. <laughs> I'm about to have it with you, Mr. Schultz. <laughs> my last experience with a comedian when I wasn't part of the show was making him part of my show. In L.A., we played at a bowling alley. Don't ask. Oxford had a, had a thing for a long time. Anytime, anywhere. And they said, yeah, come play with a bowling alley. Uh, Keith from uh, Circle Jerks had some special side project. With least ways I can remember, it, it involves him sitting on a milk crate playing bongos and doing poetry. I don't know. We ended up playing. And there was a stand-up comedian who came out uh, after, before, or after. And so he wants to contemporize the moment, and he starts making gentle mock of me. So, hey, we just had a nearly naked guy up here. I'm loading gear off and getting dressed right on the side of the stage. I go, that's right. He's like, oh, he's right here. I go, yeah, I'm right here. <laughs> he's like, oh, what's going to happen next? I said, is this really where you want to go with this? <laughs> the guy finally hears like there's like actual like peril for him. He's like trying to change the topic, but now I'm having too much fun. Like I so I start fucking with the guy. Pretty soon he realizes, dude is gonna like I'm it's like the old dirty bastard of comedy. I'm like gonna subjugate his entire fucking show. So then he just starts talking about whatever he set up to talk about and <laughs> and fuck off. So I get out of the show. I'm eager to, you know, we're bullshitting by the cars. Like, hey, you know, he's like, yeah, I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta go. Let's get it for a drink. Okay, okay, we'll get a drink. And we go, boom. 
So I have a little bit of a drink, right? A glass of red wine because it's for the health benefits. And then, then the fight, you know, and uh, I have to say, like I said, Al Pacino style, just when I think they pulled me back in. This was like, I mean, in more than one person, we said on Care Don't Care that we recorded this morning, we said, wasn't this a throwback in a lot of ways? Didn't it actually achieve this objective of getting you to forget your troubles for five minutes and do the platonic triad of beautiful, good, and true? Didn't it actually achieve that? And, and I hate to be a nattering nabob of negativity because, of course, it very much did. But I hate to be that guy who's like, oh, sure. Ah, Superman. Yeah, you give him a cape and he can fly. Yeah, you expect me to believe that shit? I don't want to be that guy. I don't I don't want to be the nattering nabob of neg- negativity. Yeah, you know, it, it, it can't have been as bad as your other day, but about about Okay, but we come to the fight for certain reasons, and it allows it allows a tunnel, tunnel visioning away from all the other, you know, the, the problems and distractions of life. Right. Yeah. So, so for a second before I start before I start shitting on all your desks, I want to analyze it because I, I'm doing that. And I'm like, you know, is this, is this, a, is this, I'm not going to ask if the feeling is all right. It's like laughter It's involuntary of which I, I, I probably laughed about four or five times during this guy's set, which if you consider that I laughed twice at Chappelle's entire hour, that four or five times was a successful thing. Right. Uh, but afterward, Damien and I said, we got to do, we got to go out to this guy's place at Walnut Creek and do our eight minutes and we can kill it because this is not, I don't do, I wouldn't be doing stand-up comedy for the audience. Doing stand-up comedy for me. And of course, my stand-up comedy I'm going to talk about would have to do with my attendance at a sex addicts meeting. That would be funny. It would be funny for me <laughs> in the same way that people used to think getting me drunk was going to be funny for them. But in actual fact, it was funny for me. <laughs> and I'm not a mean drunk. I was a good natured drunk in terms of physical stuff, you know, but like Peter Laurie said in the movie, the Raven, first I became critical and then I became cruel. <laughs> and that's 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 me drunk but drunk but i'd be smiling when i did it but i, I was like i wouldn't be as bad as as faulkner who said nobody remembers shakespeare's daughter to his nine-year-old daughter who didn't want him to get soused again on her birthday but that's neither here nor there i'm rambling <laughs> so so uh that's too bad about your dog mr is i i, I can't help him my dog I had, how about this? I, I can top that. I had 12 dogs die and one dog run away one Christmas. And I had broken up with all my girlfriends. It was terribly a load and set to do nothing but contemplate the absent dog and the dead puppies in the yard because my roommate had put a, got a big 60 gallon oil drum to catch the water from the, from the washing machine. But he didn't check to where it come from. It come from some toxic dump site. And so the water that had dribbled out, the puppies drank it and they all died one by one by one over a single 17 hour period. Merry Christmas. I think that wins. <laughs> if your dog came back alive, you were okay. So, uh, so, um, so my eight minutes is going to be, look, last time I did a comedy thing at the Roxy theater in San Francisco, you remember that it was so successful that they never had me come back. Never, ever, 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 ever had me come back. And what it was, was, uh, the guy, the bear camp guy and I had put together a video using our text as the, as the words for the characters. And then we use that little, that app where you take Bill Clinton and, and it was in this case, Bill Clinton and Barack Obama. And I had some of the choice lines in it. If you read last week's Substack, you know about some of the choice lines, uh, you know, the last woman you described as pleasant was, was, uh, was mildly retarded. She was not mildly retarded. She wore a helmet and could not speak. That is not mild. That is severe. I can see this is wrought with emotion for you. <laughs> you know, people were a little bit uncomfortable, which made it even more hilarious for me. 
So, uh, so yeah, I'll be appearing at a comedy club in Walnut Creek at some point in the not-too-distant future, and I'll be doing eight minutes on sex addiction because that's hilarious. <laughs> it, it's so hilarious. And everybody thinks it's hilarious until I say, like, you know, anarchy, right? It's great in the streets. Not so much fun in your living room where you come and find the pantsless Eugene. That's not fun. Nobody wants that. <laughs> you might think you want it, but you don't really want it, you know. Uh, but anyway, I, 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 like I said, I'm rambling. So um, I'm, <laughs> after I watch all the fights, I finally get home and I got to write the Substack. If you haven't read the Substack, the other shoe has dropped on the shit capade that, that I, I initially wrote back when the Rolling Stone doctor tried to kill me, right? So uh, unbelievable, uh, you know, okay, you've heard me talk about the whole ketamine adventure where, like, the, say, how many CCs should I take? One, two, and then me reading somewhere, hey, you can't OD on ketamine. Well, you can OD on water. What it said is there have been no reported cases of OD on, so the guy says, here's, why do you do one CC? He says, well, you're a big guy. You should do two. I go, yeah, you know, probably I should do three. He goes, why not four? I go, you know, why not? The guy who I have this discussion with, by the way, killed himself. So neither here nor, so I get take the, I take the, the four CCs. Pat, he says, stay on the phone, man. He's a British guy. Stay on the phone. You know, I want to, I want to trip with you. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to have an expensive phone bill. I got to hang up. I hang up and I pass out. Pass out in front of the TV that's showing what? A Beavis and Butthead Moronathon. I try to call my roommate at the time. I can't get any sounds out because ah, it's ketamine, right? And so for eight hours, I'm in front of the TV like, eyes open, eyes closed. Eyes open, eyes open. That's it. Six to eight hours. Of you said balls. That's why guys like me shouldn't take drugs. So the Substack thing is about my misadventures. I never made the connection, the causal connection between all this impossible burger, beyond burger shit that I was eating and the fact that I was shitting three feet of concrete. Never made sense of that. Never made sense of that. Never made the connection. Man, I don't know. what's It's just getting old, old. So read the Substack. <laughs> No, the guy whose truck asked me to borrow, and then he was telling me he was suicidal. That's the guy whose parents were State Department people. He told his parents they were suicidal, and they gave him a 357 pistol for Christmas. That's that guy. He's alive and well and filming documentaries on Muay Thai in Thailand. The other guy is, uh, you know, he's the guy who killed him, tried to kill himself four nights in a row, that guy. So anyway, so I get back. Uh, I have to write the sub stack because today is shortened because we got family stuff that uh, uh, it, uh, that has to happen. So had to had to rush through it all. Write the sub stack, get into bed at like one thirty, wake up in a in a because I got jujitsu, got to wake up at six, but the clocks all say different times. Like oh god, there's a time change. Rush out, get the jujitsu, get murdered by the three hundred twenty pound blue belt. Don't get too high on yourself when I say 320-pound blue belt, okay? He's a Sorrel blue belt, which means he's been a blue belt for 12 years. <laughs> and he comes three times a week. <laughs> so, don't get crazy. There's a lot of belt retardation at Sorrell's, believe me. You know, guys go to other schools and they come back like purple belts or brown belts and they get murdered by white belts. Forget it. So that's how we got to here. Substack is done. You should read it. Tell the world about last week. I screwed up and forgot to send uh, to all subscribers, only paid ones. They have the button that just automatically toggled. So read the last one about how making jokes about Alec Baldwin has got, got sketchy comedy value in my mind, but whatever. Uh... 150-pound blue belt? Uh, no. A 320-pound blue belt? Yes. Y yes, you can. He's very... If I get the top position, I'll, some of the time, I can hold him down, but there's no guarantee I'm getting that top position. <laughs> so, 
So anyway, so the fight, man, I've been I've been like happy all day. Happy all day. Happy all day. I'm like, why? Why am I so happy? Because they delivered last night. And when I say they delivered, of course you have the bald one farting and excreting his disturbing essence all over the place by watching the Canelo plant fight. Look, I got it. You like boxing. Why don't you do what I did? A version of it. Put in an earbud. Listen to the match. You got to sit there with your laptop open watching. The, was it an illegal feed? Or you paid for it? Because if you paid for it, you could have watched it later. Oh, you bet some money. Mm. You won $40,000. The bald one won $40,000. He bet $100,000 to win $40,000 by betting on Canelo when everybody knew Canelo was going to win. Oh, he illegally bought it. He admitted that he illegally bought it, and he bet how many fighters on that card last night made $100,000. How many? Okay, maybe I'm being too. I'm 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 being a jerk. Maybe I'm being a jerk here. All right. How many fighters on that car made forty thousand dollars? The amount he won on his hundred thousand dollar bet. How many? I'm gonna find out this week when John Nash gets his hands on those numbers. But I think we already know the answer because I wouldn't have brought it up if we didn't know the answer. But somehow could separate it from all that. And I tell you, I'm going to tell you something disturbing. You're hearing me mention it on Care Don't Care, so it's not like I haven't mentioned it. It's not like I haven't mentioned it already publicly, but you will be hearing it widely publicly for the first time right now. And I want you to take take a deep breath. You're sitting down, stay sitting down. If you stand up, sit down. Are you ready? Call me an easy touch. I don't know. I felt a little bit sorry for Crappington last night. Just a little bit. A little bit disrespectful. Just a little bit. And let me tell you why the gyre has turned. And let me tell you why I felt a little bit bad about Crappington last night. I tell you I felt a little bit bad about Crappington last night because Crappington Let's historically speaking, did everything you're supposed to do, right? You know, you learn if you're in entertainment, you learn something. You learn something that, you know, I remember at one point saying to to some promoter, he said, well, we're booking the show and we're going to book this band Bad Posture over you. Go, Bad Posture? What do you mean those guys just got out here for Texas? They've only been a band like six months. Like there was some seniority system with music. Like there was something like, and a couple of just looked at me like, "Are you that? Are you? Are you? Are you actually that fucking stupid?" And I was like, "Yeah, there's no seniority system in all this." So you know, if you're a sporting man, and I don't mean a tout, if you're a sporter, sporter, if you're an athlete, right? And you know, this is a game of number. These are games of numbers a lot of times, and you have achieved a certain level. I'm number one here. I'm number one here. I'm number one here. You would be rewarded commensurate with your experience. Okay. He's out there doing this stuff. You look at his actual record. It's a phenomenal record. And like he said, I was ignored. It's ignored. Start looking around at other people, how they're doing it. Ah, mediocre wrestler like Charles Sonnen. Guy's got his own TV show. He's fighting Anderson Silva. He's fighting Johnny Boney Joni. He's getting big. He's like the 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 the, the Oregonian Oregonian West Sims. Yeah, that's you know, Oregonian West. And he goes, you know, I. I if it worked for Chell, what, what am I going to do? Now, keep in mind, I'm not a Trump guy, but my appreciation of sport is fairly fucking agnostic. Like, I don't, you know, I train with guys who are Trump guys. I don't, I don't give a shit if you want to vote for the stupidest man in America. That's your fucking right. That's your God-given right. Go ahead and do so. 
go ahead and do so. Doesn't it, I mean we we can we can exist on parallel tracks? I, you know, politics is, is sort of a monkey show. It's sort of a monkey show anyway. Politics is sort of a monkey show. So I don't really give a shit what your politics are. It doesn't affect the day to day. It doesn't keep me from making quick time across town. All right, not at all. So Crappington with the MAGA thing and this thing and the insult and, you know, picking up the zeitgeist from Trump. I, I don't really care. I do not care about it. Because I, if I cared about it, I would have to assume that the fighters I like shared my politics. No, you're wrong about that, Mr. Is. So he decides, I got to do something. I got to pick up. And all of a sudden woe betide to the rest of us we no she's 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 miserable that's why she's crying she's hungry woe betide to the rest of us it works he hits the zeitgeist right on the nose and all of a sudden it seems to work i mean if you if you if you were to listen to the cheers there were boos and there were cheers you know if you were to listen to them uh you know he didn't get those back when he was just winning. I don't even know if his heart is in it. It would have to be to a certain degree. But again, I don't give a crap about the guy's politics. So now like Pee Wee Herman, he's put on this suit, this heel suit. Loses his fight in a convincing fashion. If there was anything untoward that happened, I would say it, I, I would say it was it was, um, if I want to say anything smelled at all, it was that Usman didn't take him out in the second round when I would have been eager to take him out. And then, you know, him, Usman trying to cruise through the fourth round because at that point he'd already won three and the guy's not going to take him out. And and, and Kobe uh, crapping them being like, nah, nah, you're not going to. And then like actually fighting a game. Uh, I, that was the only round I gave him. Steph said that the 49-46 that she thought was crazy. I go, you're crazy. It's legit. One round. Um. So, so, um, so he, 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 he loses his fight and he comes up to him with the same energy because, you know, at this point now, I think he's thinking about stagecraft. I think he thinks about, he thinks about stagecraft and it looks like he was, yeah, you know, I'm, I could I'll meet you in the park a lot, but in actual fact, the Mergliata says, you guys, you can kiss, get a hotel room, you kiss there, whatever. And and then and then uh, Usman lays down the script. He goes, "I'm sure he's a hell of a fighter. I'm sure he'll be back. I'm sure he'll 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 be back. Not even an hour later. Bing and like magic. An hour later, because the most important person to you in that cage is the person who's in there who's not dressed in black when the cage door closes. Not at all. I mean, so at this point, what's Usman going to do?" Uh, you know, he's in like like Mr. Is suggested, he's in that he's in that Tito Shamrock space where you know Tito says to Shamrock, I'll fight you once a week if you want. Every one match were down to his benefit, and not even an hour later, Crappington is with the back with the shtick. And it's you know what that's like? That's like after Pee-Wee Herman gets busted, jerking off in the Pussycat Theater. He does this crawling thing on Letterman where he just does around. He's heard any good jokes lately. He's free from the suit. And then like 10 years later, he's got to put on the suit again because he's broke, which actually kind of happened. An hour later, he's he's on crutches. If you see uh, UFC Beast, he's on crutches leaving the medical tent. <laughs> Can't even walk. So his right leg, I didn't know that his right leg was messed up, but apparently when the adrenaline left, he was on it. An hour later, the press conference, like, the guy's a cowardly cheat. He's got injection marks from the EPO in his stomach. I don't know why you would inject yourself with EPO in the stomach. Listen, let me tell you something about intravenous, in, intramuscular uh, 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 drug usage with dark skin. When cops would stop junkies in New York in the 70s, 
you would see it all over subways, whatever. They make them roll up their sleeves, right? And they inject your sites on white skin, but you know, you have substantial holes and they get dirty. So you can see the little dots and not freckles and dots. But with keloids, if you're ever an African-American, you know, you can see the scarring is quite noticeable that in the stomach is the last place I would shoot my, any place that's covered by shorts is probably the first place. So he's accusing him of being a drug cheat. The guy has, has aced every USADA, USADA, USADA test at, what, 50, 60 of them? And Crappington actually, you know, it, it pre- premised on this whole in the no thing, like some of us are, says it doesn't mean anything that he's passing the test. However, it does mean that you lost. <laughs> that, that's what it does mean. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I think the center ring stuff was honest, but the guy, as he's limping from the tent, has a, a calculate a dark night of the soul calculation that was really re- done rather quickly. It's like, where do I go from here? Or like Dan- Diana Ross saying, tell me where the road turns. It's turned, bro. Because you're an executive level gatekeeper now. If I'm any, if I am anywhere in three to 10, I'm avoiding you. For what? Why? For what? Why take all those risks and get nothing if I lose? There's, you are, you are, you are, uh, um, you are, who's the guy, uh, 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 Diogenes, wandering the land, looking for an honest man. You want the people who might fight you, but like, I'm stuck in this wasteland of 11 through 20. Fine. The UFC is not going to pay you what they pay you to fight some guy who's 13 in the rankings. Tom's out. That's your Mad Max. You want to get out of here, you go through me. Of course, if he loses to Kamzat, he is, well, we all know where that special place is. Reporting for duty, Mr. Weidman, Captain Gowlighter, General Weidman, what do I do? Huh? What? Huh? The guy had the guy had his his come to God moment in front of the entire Master Square Garden and all of us watching. Now, on the one hand, if you consider what he does for a living, and that he gets paid pretty money, pretty good money for it, it's not a bad life. Every sport that he does, I've done, and I don't get to do that for pay. In fact, I pay to do it. As Kung Lee once sagely pointed out when I came back from Grappler's Quest with the big dookie belt. <laughs> they pay you for that? I don't know. You, you paid for that. He walked across the room to crap on my table. I'll never forget that. I really didn't forget it after he fought Vandalay Silva. <laughs> That's when I remembered it the most as I ran that segment back and when his nose was on the other side of his face. Then I remembered it. I was like, yeah. I didn't get I didn't, I had to pay. I had to pay. So I actually felt sorry for Crappington for a bit. For a bit. Even when he goes back and he's out of guys that cowardly cheat, it's like, mm, song remains the same. Sad, isn't it? And that is precisely the moment that the Lost Battalion was made for. Yeah, when we next meet up, <laughs> yeah. Everybody starts looking at each other like, yeah, yeah, there's, there's not going to be, there's no next here. Yeah, when we, when I meet up with Usman again, <laughs> you know, uh, everybody's just kind of, on his team, is just kind of, you going to tell him? No, you, you're going to tell him. So, so that, that was uh, Usman. I mean, Usman is now now Hall of Fame record-setting spot, and he needs to be careful because he's like now putting numbers on the board, thinking about legacy and not thinking about the fact that the cats that are coming are really going to try to kill him. And Kamzat says, I'll take them all, I'll take them all, I'll take them all. Uh, but I don't know if him taking Crappington is a better move than him taking Usman. Usman needs cats at this point. How good? Just good enough so he can continue breaking records, but not good enough that we're not interested. 
And, and exactly. Very specifically, you know, at some point, you know, the guy had to fight. He's the, the crappy. Guy. He's got no charisma. He's got no charisma. I guess crappy figures fake charisma is better than no charisma, but in actual fact, that's not the way it works. Not the way it works at all. So, so that that fight is done, and I'm glad that I don't have to hear him. You know, I mean, I think sometime, 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 um, you know, sometime in the woods will do him some good. That's the thing. I mean, Trump doesn't think so, but hearing from him less is actually a good thing for his future prospects, if you know what I mean. Similarly, hearing from Crappington less would be, you know, what is that old T-shirt? How can we miss you if you don't go away? Who's going to call out Canelo? Canelo just put that shit right in its place. And nobody believes that <laughs> dude just wants to get paid. And what that is, what that says, and it's cool that the, the, the Baldwin either doesn't know or doesn't care to know what that was. That was like Usman saying, I'm broke, bro. Toss me a cookie. We're both champions. Can you help out? And I was like, no. Nah. Like when I challenged Evander Holyfield to a boxing match, he's like, nah. what's that hand wave? Or like when I challenged the Meow Brothers when I was training at their place in New York. I was like, hey, you want to, what's with the high hand? Oh, you're too good for me, huh? I got it. Meow Brothers. Well, I mean, I didn't have a gi, but. <laughs> but you let me participate without the gi. Come on. I don't know who you are. I don't mind a YouTube guy. He says on YouTube. So uh, next fight was, uh, 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 well, I'm going to take him out of order. Uh, help me out. What was the fight right before theirs? Well, it doesn't matter. I'm going to go by the one I remember. Rose and Zwayli uh, Uh Great fight. Uh, um, uh, um, great fight. Um, Rose won it. I don't think there's any question in my mind at, at all. Close, not. I don't care. Didn't think it was. But I'd like to talk about something else. I got I got hell for this on care don't care, but I'd I'd like to talk about it because nobody else is talking about it, and then tomorrow everybody's gonna be or whenever everybody's gonna be surprised. You think Zhuile is natural? Speaking of Usada, do you think she is? Because I don't think so. And let me tell you. I've gone through, yeah, I remember talking to a friend of mine about uh, trans living. He's a surgeon. And I was like, okay, uh, are there any surefire ways to, 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 to tell, you know? Yeah, I said, well, what about that? He goes, no, they shave it down. I go, what about, he goes, no, they tighten up the vocal cords. I go, what about family pictures? You can fake family pictures. Okay, all right. Um, not Rose. Um, and... You know, the hands. We can have surgery done. So there's no way to actually practically tell. Zhang. Mm. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Um, no way to practically tell. Like, okay. So applied to steroids, I was like, well, you know what? No, lots of guys. No, lots of guys who take it and take some variation. Lots of guys who haven't. So what? Do, what is one commonality between people I know who have taken it? And what is one tell from when I've been taking it that anybody was paying attention uh, could, could tell. The sluggish is because the muscles have to be fed, all that activity, people can't, they, get, they start to get gassed. And you don't have a lot of long distance runners who are taking steroids. Because the muscles grow faster, the vascular network has a hard time keeping up, and so when they're really called upon, they can't feed all that muscle, you get fatigued. Okay, what's one other characteristic that I find from user to user? And I can tell you, if you're, it's musical, right? You, from every, from fighting to, if you watch, if you watch, if you watch boxing matches, there's a, there's a, there's a really MMA matches. People, there's a guy Ralph Kanan, who was a martial arts instructor in in New Mexico. He's dead. He, tra- he, he uh, 
You got to wait, sleeping state. What can I tell you? I'm rambling. Wait. So, so, um, so he said, people kind of boom, 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 boom. When I was competing first in bullshit karate, I would start to mess with rhythms. So people go boom, 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 right? All of a sudden, the guy's like, this is a new rhythm. And I was winning competitions this way. Bullshit karate, but still, I like karate. Um, so you mess with you mess with the rhythm. This is rhythm to this thing, right? With weightlifting, the whole the whole thing. Okay, Ralph Kanan in New Mexico said, "How many times have you seen two men engage in a fight? One guy runs up to the other. Ninety nine percent of the time, the same thing happens. Two people run up to each other. They stop. They set, and then they throw." He goes, I want you to do something else. Yeah, what's that? He goes, I want you to run through that guy. Like that guy is not even there. We'll move in the punches later. <laughs> so it either it resolves itself in a takedown. Well, I guess it resolves itself in a takedown. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Guy's down. So it's a real thing. When you deal with somebody who's on steroids, rhythmically, they they're like, Right ahead of you, like two seconds, it's like having a drummer that that speeds the beat, right? Uh-huh. It just speeds the beat. So I'm looking at, at Zhang, and I'm looking at you know, and I know how much time after an engagement. I'm gonna throw a combination, boom, 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 boom. I'm gonna set, take a breath, and it's and she's always slightly ahead of the beat, and she's jacked. And her face, and the occasional spotted acne, and it's not like China hasn't done this before. If she was Russian, you'd believe it without argument. It doesn't minimize her in my mind. I'm not a POSP agent. <laughs> people against smoking pot, POSP. I'm not. Whatever you know, people against point. Uh, whatever, but just let's not. Let's have the conversation now, please. Instead of when it's, it's she pops, which she never will because they're trying to build, develop the China market. Let's not do that. Let's have it now. Yep. Yeah, she was she was lousy lousy off of her, off of her back. And keep in mind that steroids, they finally when they finally start paying attention, they admitted that they had any performance enhancing effect at all are good for after cessation of use, still exert a positive effect up to like 12 to 16 months after for, for athletic better, provided you don't stop. It's not like if you stop, you stop using, you stop training 16 months later, you're going to be able to do something fantastic. That's not the way it works. Exactly. It's fair. Nobody should be above suspicion. That's why they test everybody. Test. I know professional fighters. If you watch a show long enough, we'll come up with clever ways to sneak clean urine in, but we're not here to talk about that. It was a solid win. It's a great fight. I'm, I'm digging. I'm digging Rose, but I'm, I'm getting a little tired of Rose the cripple, the mental cripple. I'm getting a little tired of that that storyline. They got to come up with a new narrative for, for me with Rose. You know, and, I mean, I don't care if her corner does it. Say it, say it after repeat. You're the best. You're the best. Nobody could be. You're the best. I don't care if that, but I don't like the commentators talking about it. I just, I don't like it as a sales point. Gaethje, uh, low-dose steroids, low-dose steroids, you know, and also there are other ways that women could do it, too. If you have, you know, your, your body's a homeostatic system, so, you know, she's got estrogen, and every woman has testosterone, right? Well, what if I could just effectively low? that's why they work on the ratios, effectively lower my estrogen level if I'm a woman, which would have the sum total effect of maybe sort of a career. I mean, this stuff out there. I know from a guy who's with, working with Vic Conti, there's stuff out there that we don't even know. I'm still in the dark ages. I'm in the 70s and 80s here. I'm just saying it was suspicious. She didn't win, whatever. Gaethje and Chandler. <laughs> ah, this is a fight that people were saying, this is, this is what made you most feel like it was a throwback. Anybody that talked about it being a throwback cannot name a single fighter who's still walking around with his wits from when we're t- from the time it was thrown. I mean, Don Fry, I've talked to Don Fry maybe more recently than a lot of you have talked to Don Fry. I, 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 
Snyder, I'm going to have to shoot Don Fry. Incidentally, at the thing last night, at the comedy show last night, even the VIP entrance, they made you go through like a metal thing. I was like whispering to my friend, I'm not going to make it past metal. He's like, what? Let me, I gotta walk around the middle. He goes, what? I go, I'm not going back to the car. I go, he goes, oh, okay. Well, you want me to hold? I go, oh, that's the last thing I'm going to do. <laughs> so the guy says, uh, going to wand you down. I was like, go ahead. The worst metal detecting wand in the history of metal detecting wands. I was like, hot diggity dog. Because <laughs> I didn't know if some shit was going to jump off in the comedy club. You got to be prepared. <laughs> so, uh, uh, <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Chandler, you know, hell yeah, oh, yeah. you know, this, I go with my hands down. Take, I can take a hit. I ain't go down, Ray. I ain't go down, man. That's all right, but that's not a long-term prescription for success, if you know what I mean. Not a long-term prescription for success. Um, and Gaethje handles his business, but I got to tell you, Gaethje fights the kind of way I get echoes of Gray Maynard and I get worried. And they start saying those things. They, they start saying those things that you know they say when a guy is like going down that road. There's a lot of tough in him. Oh, he's got a chin. It's like the, the nanny who killed herself in The Omen. I'm doing this for you, Damien. I'm doing this for you, bald one. And you're looking, he's watching the Canelo plant fight. <laughs> uh, but they won the night. They won the night. Despite everything, they got to that platonic triad. It was beautiful, good, and true. They knew it. And 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 Gaethje put it in context. He goes, "Man, we we were born in the wrong time." Yep. And then he said something that if you if you haven't paid attention to tri level chess, this is. Then he said something that made me go, "Oh." And he said something like, "He said something like, yeah." So my title shot, and it's like you're gonna force the the bald one is looking across the table from you. It's like all of a sudden you said so. It was like you yourself don't know what you yourself just said. You put yourself opposite against me, then I got to fight you. And if I got to fight you, I'll bend you over a barrel, just like I got Connor McAnal, just like I got Johnny Boney Joni. That's my barrel, and that's your ass in the air. Keep in mind, Johnny Boney Joni is dead. I just tweeted back at him, move to L.A., bro. Like I've said on the show many a time, they fix everything in L.A. If you're, a, if you're an earner, go to L.A. But at this point, it doesn't make a difference. You go to Vegas, you thought you were safe in Vegas. You're like the senator from Godfather Part Two. How did you see not see that coming? You know, the last time I got drunk and did something really stupid, 1977, right before I stopped drinking. Crawled under a, 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 a idling subway train because <laughs> I don't want to have to pay the money to go through the other side. That was probably the stupidest thing I've ever done. My hostility doesn't manifest itself at times when I'm getting drunk. I'm just not that kind of drinker. Well, you're going to go to Las Vegas, into the lion's den, having all the cards, having that uh, Vander Holyfield hand right before the Showtime deal, and you're going you're gonna to tie one on. Creep out the wife, scare the kid, headbutt the, you did this to yourself. I can't even have this conversation anymore. So I'm worried for Justin. Justin is like the guy, what is that thing that he said, I'm, I'm a willing participant to a double murder if it keeps me from being double murdered. You got to understand, you're going to play that game. You got to know whose game it is. You know, so make the noise about how I'm not fighting again until unless it's a title shot. 
you've already you got your claim. You publicly did it. Fought a great fight. They should know. They they should come to you if they want to do some fucking. It's just that simple. Not going to convince anybody you're sexy by saying you're sexy. At this point, they know. Either sexy and you're going to get it or you're not. That's it. But that was mighty. That was mighty. You know, it, it, it does put it does put anybody who fights you will have to watch that Khabib fight to understand why nobody showed up for that. <laughs> that just didn't show up. But whatever. Is, is, is it Khabib's that great? Which means that you are all going to be exposed by that Dagestani Chechen thing. Gonna have to deal with that. Gonna have to deal with that. Gonna have to deal with it. So plan now, plan accordingly. You're gonna have to, what does he call him? Come shot? That was funny. That'll get you killed, but that's funny. <laughs> uh, so, and then what other fights on the card that are, uh, the cat, um, if you think that the guy Pereira, the one guy who beat Israel in kickboxing, if you think that, you know, you think that Israel is at home thinking, man, I don't know how I'm going to beat this guy. You're absolutely positively wrong. If you don't know after that Blahovitz fight that that Israel has been work, putting in my out my kind of hours on ground stuff, you're 100% wrong. I interviewed Eugene Barman uh, back in the waning days of Ozzy for a piece. That dude was sharp as a fucking tack, and they're not missing that. That That is an Achilles heel. It will be addressed. So Pereira, I'm hoping he's got some ground skills because he's going to be called on to use them. Because I don't see, I don't see Adesanya walking away from all of what he's got, easily or willingly. And he's like, "You're not gonna, you know." I understand your desire for sausages, but they can't come from my plate. So what else? Let's see. Who uh, I picked, uh, John Volante. Cause he's uh, he's not a friend of Knuckle Up. I've never had him on the show, but dude has ended up in what I think I am. He's liking pictures of my kid. And has a soft spot. You like my kids? I tend to like you. Picked him. He, he got he got he got smoked by the biggest, fattest, most nimble, physically gifted athlete I've ever seen in Barnett. The only the only no, he's retired. You can't call him, can't call a guy a gift who's uh, who's retired. It is what it is. But, you know, the funny thing is Barnett is cursed with the Tom Wilson curse. I went to college with a guy, a golfer named Tom Wilson. I said he was the world's most perfect spy. The second you hear his name, you've instantaneously forgotten his name. The name is magical that way. And Charles Barnett is like the same thing, you know? I, I mean, unless you know Charlie Barnett from DC Cab, and then you got to reach back to the early days of Mr. T, which means that all you think I'm crazy now. Look it up. DC Cab, Charlie Burnett started by t- doing his comedy in cent- at, uh, uh, Washington Square Park, where I first saw him. Where I first saw him. That's where he was. Then he ended up in DC Cab, and then he ended up dying from, from AIDS, I think. Or having drug problems, and then subsequently dying from AIDS. What other fights did I see on the card that were, 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 were worthwhile? Well, let me tell you, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm ducking that. I'm sorry. I'm ducking the Frankie Edgar conversation. Because it's not a good conversation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, do do we really have to have any conversations about and do we really have to have any 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 conversations about that cat? Look, you know what? DC DC pegged and said, Yeah, he came with AKA and trained with us for a bit. He did everything we wanted him to do, and then he left and went to Glendale. Come on. I could I could see you thinking. I can see you thinking. And as Johnny Boney Joni casts around for a new gym other than Jackson Wink, you can see how they, they're, what they're thinking and how they're thinking. AKA is a place you should have stayed. I would, in actual fact, if the thing with DC hadn't gotten so heated, I would fully recommend that that um, the winningest MMA team for a long time had been AKA. I think it still could be. I would have recommended uh, Johnny Boney Joni go there. You want to be a big fish or you want to be a fish? You want to be a little fish. But at this point, you shit the bed on that. That's out. They don't, uh, Javier won't put up with it. He'd be glad to, but it, it not, that would not be his choice. 
and the DC thing makes that impossible. Bobby Green, sorry, I want to get frost, but 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 you see, I've avoided the things that give me the sads. Bobby Green, I picked to win. Bobby Green won. Bobby Green, but Bobby Green fought against uh, depleted Ally Akinta. I love Ally Akinta as well. Uh, New Yorker, Long Island. But you know what I mean. He's and he's gotten into his his problems with the ball going over pay, and he's got his real estate business, which apparently is doing very well. This will not hurt it. Um, but he just didn't seem to me to be like a guy who wanted to be there. Yeah, and 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 Green looked actually phenomenal, really phenomenal. I really have serious questions about his his upward flow in, in total, but the reality of it is that he he looked. You know, sharp as a razor, sharp as a razor. I like, I, I, you know, I, I I like Green, and I, I don't know he's not a gift in my mind. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear. Sarah Longo. I mean, they've got Aljo. That is that is their that is their um, that is their uh, ace in the hole right now. And as long as he keeps ducking Jan, I guess it'll continue to be that way. You know, um, Shabazian. Yeah. He's young, but not, not that, that young, not, not, yeah, not that young. You guys can't see what I, what I got going here. There we go. Yeah. Ah, look at the tired eyes. Look at the little sleep. Look at the sleepy baggy eyes. You got the baby bags. So, um, eh, <laughs> I mean, Shabazian, I, I want to say he's washed. <laughs> no, I want to say, I mean, where does the road turn for him? I mean, what was his upside? What was his upside ever? Anyway, where where was it? What was it? I mean, come on, come on. And he said, like, you know, a guy from that part of the world who, who's not who's not a grappler, you know? I mean, he did he did all right. He got out of that guillotine choke that was that was shocking. And yeah, that's a good question. Is is Aljo still Sarah Longo? I wonder. Uh, this is this is something that I wonder about. So all in all, I had fourteen picks. John won the week. You know, he didn't watch the fights though, <laughs> so I think that's a that kind of a demerit. But um, I lost on the strength of I picked. I thought I picked Burgos, and then I foolishly picked uh, Billy Quantillo falling under the, the, the sway of Steph. And I picked John Vellante because I would never pick the guy who, who, uh, who uh, picked against my kids. So, uh, <laughs> and uh, so, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, so I, it was, I was over 500, maintained my enthusiasm. Maybe it had something to do with how I watched the fight. Yeah, it was, it had the, the curse of being after some of the great fights, but Burgos and Cortillo was a great fight. It was all a good fight, but then I have to say, you know, I mean, look, six meals, four of them have had cockroaches in them. Meal five and six were fantastic. Don't you feel a little worried about the cockroaches? Because I do. I feel a little bit worried about the cockroaches. In actual fact, the presence of cockroaches in past meals encourages me to be worried about future meals. It makes me uneasy. The cockroaches. Oofsi is full of cockroaches. But I'm not going to be a nattering nabob of negativity. I'm not going to be a nattering nabob of negativity. I won't do it. I'm not going to do it. I won't do it. I'm going to let us have this moment. Misery awaits around in every corner anyway. No need to hasten it. No need to hasten it at all. Yep, and I have to agree with Mr. Is. I've said it here before on the show. The guy is a tick and not good for the sh- not good for the sport. That is my honest belief at this point. And if he could think of any single other thing to do, he would probably go do that, but he can't and he won't. So, thanks for listening. This has been version uh, a one, eight, a nine. I was I finally got it. it. Took me the whole show to do it. Me with four hours of sleep. I'm probably gonna sleep tonight. Get some sleep. Uh, and uh, I start work this week. Oh, this show was about to be the announcement 
about my new job. But not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Maybe next week. Which means the week looks like this. Monday at noon. Monday at noon. Yeah, next week's fight. 14, 14 fights in the card. I cared about two. Ben Rothwell, because of Ben Rothwell, is a friend of Knuckle Up. And I love Ben Rothwell. And I picked Max, the headliner fight. That's it. No two, a 14 kid. So that's a very low care card. Monday at noon, we got Care Don't Care comes live. Tuesday at, at 8 o'clock, Nash and Alexi and I are on If the Shoes Fit. Read the Substack. It's up there for a week. Well, it's up there forever. But this week's there about the other shoe dropping on my gastrointestinal issues. If you must know, Live until Saturday, make it until Sunday. We'll have the big, the big, uh, big announcement uh, 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 next Sunday. Uh, but read the Substack for a few laughs. And like I say, don't die until then. Look what you made me do! Ah!